Hi, y'all. This is Rebecca Botter. Welcome to the Search for Pink podcast. Okay, today we are talking to Genevieve of the owner-creator of Underbears. When someone... You know how, like, you don't exactly know how you started following someone? So that is my friend Stephanie. We follow each other on Instagram if you're listening. Hi, Stephanie. And Stephanie just sent me... um, the Instagram account under bears and um, it's a sustainable underwear company and they they have some clothes as well and if y'all know me I thrift almost everything and a big part of it is because of sustainability and um, I'm against against as much as one can fast fashion which um, actually did y'all know oh by the way If you've clicked on, please give me five stars right now. And once you do that, come back and I will give you this fun fact. Okay, we're back. Fun fact. Um, People actually with more money are actually one of the bigger contributors to fast fashion because they are buying and getting rid of way faster. And actually people with a lower income, yes, are buying the cheaper clothes, but also they're not buying as much, understandably. Um, and I think that's very interesting. Anyways, Underbears, I'm a really big fan. I bought their classic bra in pink recently. It is truly so comfy, so great, because I didn't want to interview Genevieve and not actually be supporting her brand. I'm really wanting the uh, the classic white t-shirt soon. That is definitely my next investment. Okay, um, so I'm really excited to be talking to Genevieve, how her business got started, if she began in design. I have so many questions. I'm sure y'all do too. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, also, once again, please go to iTunes right now and give us five stars. Um, I love you guys. If you have any further questions, feel free to reach out and make sure you're following Under Bears. And it's B-A-R-E-S, not like a bear, but like I'm bare and naked, you know, like that. Um, so anyways, I love you guys. I'm going to do a great job and we will talk soon. Hey. Yes. Okay. Do you, I would, so I'm sitting in my bedroom. It's the first time I've ever taken a call this way. I hope that's okay. I just felt like when you had said like a smaller room that has some padding, I was like, oh. This is the best I can do. No, dude, I'm in my bedroom right now. I have stripped the sheets off. I'm today's laundry day, so I'm just sitting yeah. on my my naked bed. Um, so no, that's work. perfect. Yeah, it's, no, I love it. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I was gonna say, I, it's so nice to meet you. So, like, you, I heard about you through Steph, right? Do you know Steph Thomas? Yeah. So we. I think it's literally because of Caroline Calloway. Somehow, I think we like both were obsessed with her and I might have like commented on her comment and then we started following each other and then we just like she's an Instagram friend of mine and she sent me your profile one day and she was like, I wasn't even asking for suggestions. She was like, check out Underbears and I love sustainability and I've never bought a sustainable bra before though. And I love thrifting and she sent it to me and I was like, this is great. I love it. Yeah. And, and I have a podcast and I regularly interview people. So it, this isn't just, 
me randomly just wanting to talk to you. Like this is a real thing. Yeah, that's so cool. No, I love to hear it. Um, and I'm just, yeah, I was like curious how you guys were connected. The world is so small and it's just, yeah, I appreciate you reaching out and so excited to chat with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for joining. Um, the search for pink podcast, um, just kind of my little pitch is a few years, about four years ago. Um, I was going kind of through a rough time and I realized the importance of finding like one tiny, small, positive thing, um, every day. And it's not about like false positivity, but then I wanted to develop this into a podcast just because I was watching all these female creatives and I was like, how do, how did it begin? And I'm such a nosy person. And then I realized I could get really cool people to talk to me <laughs> Awesome! if I promised to publish it. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So going on like almost two years now. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of work too. Like I feel like getting a podcast off the ground is no easy feat. Yeah. And I think my proud thing now, cause it is a little cringy to say you have a podcast still cause every burn, everyone does, but I've also been making this for like two years and a lot that's of people idea. launch a podcast and then don't follow through. Um, yeah. So anyways, yeah, it's just a, it's a cool thing I like to do. Um, well, officially welcome. I really appreciate you. you, you and your, I'm trying to think, I almost said the cliche girl boss. And then I was like, I threw up a little bit in my mouth because I was like, no, you're just a boss. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really appreciate it. So um, where I kind of like to begin um, cause I also interview all different sorts of, uh, people is, I don't want to be like, where did your journey begin, but was, or did you begin this as, um, did your journey start as a designer, someone or someone who is more interested in sustainability? Um, how did under bears kind of become? That's a great question. Um, I feel like interestingly, honestly, like neither is cool. what really drove me initially, actually. And that speaks to the large amounts of learning that have happened along the way. And I'm like always learning, I feel like every day in my business um, and through getting the chance to speak with wonderful people like yourself. And so, um, and actually from consuming tons of podcasts as well, I feel like I learned so much, but for underbears, I can give you a little bit of the background story and what was driving me and please jump in or cut me off if, if I'm rambling. But for me, it was just, I was living and working in New York city after university. Um, and I was working in brand marketing in the financial industry. And I was in a, on an awesome team, but I didn't love the content. And then every day I was investing in pieces, um, to look and, you know, allegedly like feel appropriate at work and these weren't inexpensive and I like didn't know where they were coming from and I would just get so frustrated buying pieces I didn't love to look like business formal and then buying bras that weren't fitting that were so uncomfortable and also by the way like weren't inexpensive like $60 bras and I always would like say this now of course in a pre-pandemic world but the feeling of like taking 
you know, at the end of the day, like it taking public transportation to your home, walking up the stairs, getting in the door and like unclipping your bra and flinging it off. And I would mm-hmm. get like bruising under my arms. And that's where the idea for underbears, that's where my journey really began because I was like, this is so frustrating. Like, why am yeah. I getting these bruises from the wires? And so from there, when I was um, still working in New York, I was like, you know, I'm in New York City, I should be able to find a better option. And so I would just take it upon myself to constantly try on options. And at this point in time, bralettes were hitting the market, but I felt like they weren't like providing me enough like function or support that Mm -hmm. they made it worth it. Or they had a lot of like pointy darting where the nipples were. And like, I am so pro nip, but for me, I was like, okay, I'll just go like with my nips. Like, I don't need this pointy darting. Like I'm Mm -hmm. good without this like cone shaped boob. And so I kind of felt like I was like, there has to be a better option. And so I ended up moving down to DC because prior to that, I had worked um, at two like large corporate companies and I wanted to work for a small team. And at this point, Underbears was like fully in my head. I like Mm -hmm. had a dream for what I wanted the brand to be. And the first thing that drove me was product. But then like in parallel with that, because I was so tuned in and seeing what what everyone else was doing, I started to kind of like really reject a lot of like not just the imagery that I think we're all really familiar with when it comes to the over-sexualization of women in lingerie, but I think also sometimes the language that's used in marketing campaigns. I mean, like actually a great example is like girl boss on like socks with every order. And I was like, I just want a like chic tear down bra from a brand that's like listening to me and speaking with me and we're having a dialogue and they're not talking down to me. And so moved down to DC, worked for a small um, growing restaurant group here where I was so fortunate. I got to wear a ton of hats, originally started working on their different restaurant concepts and brands, but then also got to do like hiring and employee development. Mm-hmm. And so all during that time, I like threw myself into the, to my work and I was seeing other brands launching. And I just kind of had this moment where I was like, if I keep aggressively saving, I should be able to like create a product and, and maybe create something that like, I would always joke with my family. It'll just be like the most expensive bra I own with all the hours and like money that goes into creating a product. And so, yeah, that's really how it began. And so I don't have any formal training in design, although I've now definitely gone through the school of like learning on the job, if you will. And, Mm -hmm. um, but I am very hesitant. I would say to like call myself a designer because I don't have that training. Um, And then from a sustainability piece, I mean, with getting the business off the ground, because I know that that was another big part of what you initially asked me, it was like, was that a driver? And I think um, when we think about sustainability in terms of materials and trims, I mean, that's definitely been a journey um, mm-hmm. here at Underbears where I'm still learning. And it's definitely right now progress over perfection, but we have some ambitious goals to keep making our materials and everything we source as sustainable as possible. But with that being said, I think where I was more plugged in was more actually thinking through like, where is the garment being made? Are these people being paid fairly? Um, can I be on site there? Can I like touch and feel the product as it's being made and really walk the space and just be comfortable with like how this thing I'm putting out into the world is coming into fruition. And so it was really important to me because of that to um, manufacture here in the States where I would just be able to be on site. Um, mm. So we manufacture in Massachusetts, which is my home state. So it's kind of doubly special to me because I'm really passionate about supporting jobs close to home and close to where I grew up. And so I love being able to be there. And so I think with that though, also comes other things where again, I'm still learning and I am no expert, but like, for example, where we can cut down on shipping and source as locally as possible. Those are all things that we're constantly looking at and trying to improve. 
That's so cool. I, and I don't know how many times you've still told that story, but you were like, you, you were like, I know it. This is my pitch. Let's go. Um, something that came to mind that's a little bit of a tangent, but like as bra wearers, I was just thinking that like, it's, it's a very, and I don't mean intimate, but it like is in some ways. Cause like my boobs are like, I'm a, like a 34 B. Right. And so I know a lot of girls who are the like rip off my bra at the end of the day. I've never been that girl. I actually like them. I like them in, I just, I don't like them rubbing and moving. I just like them there, but that's a very personal thing. Um, not personal as I don't like to share, but like other girls with a bigger size than me also are very much like, I want to rip off my bra. And I was thinking about once we find a bra we like, we are so passionate. I'm like, yes, my bra with the stars on it is clean, you know? And we're, (laughs) it is, it's like, it is a thing about like in your product, I have the everyday bra. And, um, cause I was like, not going to interview you and not sample it. And I love it. And it's one of those bras where I'm like, I know I like how it makes me look with like these certain clothes and how I think, you know, as I don't want to like generalize, but as like people who, yes, we wear bras, we're very specific about it, you know? And, um, and like passionate about like, this is the brand I like. I have like so many different questions I want to ask, but um, that's so interesting that you didn't begin in design because very specifically in the everyday bra, it comes down, it's supporting the boobs, but then there's like a band kind of deal underneath it that makes it so, I can't really describe it, but it like ups the, how comfortable it is in comparison to other bralettes I have like it. So it was your first bra that y'all designed, right? Yeah, actually. And so like that style in particular, I really did spearhead, but it, it, it took so many iterations and I've had people ask me before. And like, honestly, I feel like I'm like always like hundreds because it just like took forever to try to get it as perfect as possible. And, and it also went through a lot of hands because we like started with the pattern maker in Philly and then DC and then went through three different manufacturers to get to where we are today. And every person who touched it also made recommendations of like, how we could improve upon it. Um, and then once it was in the world and on more than like my closest girlfriends, and I always say like my sisters and my mom and like my mom's friends, I was finally able to like get more robust feedback and keep editing from there. But yeah, from the get-go, I just wanted to create a style that like would feel like it's like gentle support definitely. And um, where the way that the V is shaped, like you're ideally not going to pop out. And then the straps come in a little bit closer on the back so that this, ideally the straps don't fall since, Mm -hmm. since it's not adjustable, we're like constantly trying to nail, like, what is that strap length where we can like Mm -hmm. reach the largest number of women. Um, but with that being said, actually like backing up a little bit, I feel like when you were talking about like how you like to feel in your bras, I also think Mm -hmm. that that's such an important point. And like, I miss doing events so much during the pandemic, but when we would do them in DC and folks would be like try, trying things on or chatting with me about it, it's so interesting. I don't always with this. Like, I feel like so often it's like we feel there's like a right or wrong way. And for me, I'm always like, do you? Like, you were like, I have clothes that I like this bra on. And that's kind of like how I am, where I'm 
definitely fall under the group of like, if you want a no bra day, do a no bra day. If you want an underbears day, do an underbears day. And like, if you want a day where you're like, I have my bra with the stars on it that I love and always makes me feel good. And like, that's my go-to then like, keep it. Like, I think mm-hmm. so often for me, this process has just been like, how can we make sure that the wearer is always feeling like their best? And so I'm so like, really it's just important to say that because I think like we all have ideals within us that like when when we put this on or how our shape is like we feel good I just feel like what we're trying to do is like challenge the status quo of like does that actually make you feel good or do you feel like you need to wear it and like if it actually makes you feel good awesome but if you feel like you're like oh like I actually just like need to put cups on my boobs because like someone's gonna glance at me and I don't feel like dealing with them but then it's like like no you should just do you and so I feel like that's like kind of always a delicate balance but um, from a design perspective yeah it just was definitely a labor of love and like finding also the right lace um with the right amount of scratch and elastic sourcing I mean it's it's kind of I feel like what's challenging but I always feel like this with our designs where like we get them as perfect as we can and then as we get more and more feedback from our customers like we're always mm-hmm. looking to improve and edit and like yeah, we kind of like obsess over surveys here at UBHQ. So like if anybody's purchased underbears and is listening, like you'll, you've probably heard from myself or Renee who's on our team and we read every single response and reply to everybody. So that's amazing. And I mean, that makes so much sense. Um, And I love like how open you are that like, it was such a humble beginning because you're like, no, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm guessing you have great taste and like it's something like aesthetics were something maybe just how you looked was maybe something you've cared about for a long time, but that doesn't mean you know how to design a bra. Um, I was wondering, I, I feel like bras, I think 2020 slash quarantine has kind of had an impact on maybe a lot of women that they're like, oh, I love sweatpants. And you're like, that's cool. But um, I'm actually, I enjoy jeans. Um, I was, you know, whatever. But I feel like bralettes are kind of like the sweatpants for bras. I think it used to be a sports bra, but actually now I feel like the bralette has kind of taken over that. How did quarantine affect y'all's sales? Did it increase it possibly? Great question. Um, We were like, you know, first of all, such an insane time, I think for everyone and for all small business owners. So I say this like with like an immense amount of gratitude when I look around at other industries that have been like so shattered by um, the past year and a half, but we were so fortunate in the sense of, yeah, up until the, right when the pandemic started, we had never done paid marketing because we just didn't have the budget. We're a bootstrap small brand. And so we weren't able to do it. And I've been so lucky through kind of word of mouth, but then also through press being wonderful and covering us like that's how we've gotten in front of folks but that was the first time where I was kind of like okay like we're all so plugged in like you know like everybody's on their phones like okay like maybe now's the time and I don't know why you know like I would chat with friends about it who would say to me and some fellow business owners have not but like you know if if you own a retail store a big part of the physical print like footprint of it is to have folks come in so similarly if you're like I always say like lost on the world wide web, like you need to get people there. Mm-hmm. And so it was the first time where the business had grown to a point where I was like, okay, we can do this. Like let's test it. And worst case, you know, we lose X amount of money. And so we ended up testing it and we just got so fortunate that in running Instagram ads, we were able to get in front of so many new shoppers. 
And I think that combined with exactly what you're saying, like the sweatpants of bras, right? Honestly, mm-hmm. like the sweatpants for your boobs, however you want to like look at it. Like, I feel like we got so fortunate with just being able to get in front of um, individuals who we hadn't previously. And then from there, like, get to like continue to build that relationship with them over email and hopefully over social media too. And so that's been really great. So we were really fortunate that we have grown like throughout this time. Um, mm-hmm. But I think with that has also come like other things that in the business you're always working on, which is like, we still produce pretty small bats. And so it's kind of hard still with forecasting to get that right balance so that like, we're not sold out, you know, when we do choose to advertise. So it's always something that I feel like we're working on. Um, But yeah, I guess to answer your original question, like we've been really fortunate with that. And I feel so lucky and grateful that it was a time where shoppers were like, you know what, I'm willing to try this other option. I mean, I feel like we all saw the tweets that was like, the bra is never making a comeback. You know what I mean? Like after this, it's over. Or like, like you said, like jeans, like people were like, oh my God, the thought of putting on high-waisted jeans, whereas now I'm literally still just like getting everything tailored because I'm like, I want it as high as possible. Yeah. 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 I, so when did the media coverage start? Because like y'all were featured, Vogue was the one that stood out to me, but there were some other really major, um, media outlets that have been sharing y'all. Well, I was so fortunate, like backing up a lot. I started my career working, um, in publishing and media and Mm -hmm. a consumer insights team at Time Inc, which has since folded, but they owns like the major titles like Time Magazine, Real Simple, um, Food and Wine. And so I would do like research for these groups. And so, but but because of that, I said like all that to say, I was used to being around editorial teams and like early on in my career. And I would look at like when the magazines would come together, how they pull them together. And so right before I launched Under Bears, I think like a week prior at this point, I mean, I think like six months into the business, like I didn't even have like a dedicated domain email address. So this is just like, my email address at Gmail. Um, and looking back now, I like, I don't cringe, but I'm always just like, oh, Genevieve, this <laughs> is so professional. But, you know, I think again, like I'm so, what just had to be so scrappy with spending. And I remember thinking like, okay, I'm just going to get up. And this is, I think even before you could like schedule emails on Gmail. So it's like, I'm going to get up first thing, middle of the week when like they're on their commutes to work and like you just cold. I always call it the exercise of like throwing spaghetti against the wall and like seeing yeah. what sticks and slides down. And I was like, I'm just going to do that and email them. And so I looked through all of, um, their like online bios. And also, honestly, even since we've launched now three and a half years ago, like the majority of freelance writers, like they put their emails right in their Instagram profiles mm-hmm. or you can DM them. And so um, I was able to just cold pitch and from there cold pitch, or if I got an address, like, like for Vogue, for example, like cold mail and like get in touch with people that way. And then from there, get in front of them to get our products in front of them. And yeah, so I feel like so fortunate that we received that coverage early on because that definitely helps like spread the word and get in front of more people. Yeah. I mean, that's something about, cause I work part-time as a um, personal assistant for a food blogger and we get sent a lot of stuff, not clothes. We get yeah, sent like yeah. a ton of salad dressing, um, <laughs> but, but like, I mean, we were sent, um, people are like, Oh, I'd like to be sent free things. And you're like, okay, whatever. But like, if to get her to share some stuff that can be pretty expensive, but we got sent this vegan cream cheese and this little deli in New York. I don't even know why they sent it to us initially, but we were like, 
holy heck. And then since then she's been purchasing it for herself. She's now obsessed with this cream cheese. And, um, but yeah, like once, if someone loves the product, they're going to start telling people. And I feel like people in media, they get into it because they're passionate about sharing with people. And so, yeah, your product's fabulous. So like once they put it on, I feel like you can't ghost the someone that gave you your favorite bra, you know? I also just think like we try to always say, and like also like what differentiates us as well is just like, I always say it's like our bras and we use them sometimes in advertising. It's like they're a hybrid of like, like a sports bra and a bralette had a baby where like you're getting support, but they're flexy. You pull them on over your head. Like they're like easygoing undergarments, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for the kind feedback. And I also love that. And like want this cream cheese rack because yeah. I feel like this sounds great. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's cashew. Um, but okay. So one of the things that y'all do so well, and it makes sense that you began in media is I absolutely love y'all's Instagram and it looks like y'all have stockpiled a ton of like gorgeous pictures and all of your models are different sizes and, and not just kind of like, like how airy, which I, you know, do have my star bra is an airy bra. So no hate, but they were like, when they did their inclusivity, um, marketing, I was like, cool. But I also, it felt very forced, very like, I'm a fun mom kind of deal. But like how y'all are inclusive feels really um, very real and authentic. But also I would love to hear how it's been trying to make more inclusive sizes and larger sizes because it is, from what I understand, in some ways more challenging um, or more brands I feel like would be doing it, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's a great question. Yeah. Well, I feel like the first part with photography and social, thank you so much. I mean, I wish I could take credit for all of it, but I really couldn't. And I, you know, absolutely. It takes a village and I am just like so incredibly grateful for the amazing photographers we've gotten to work with. And then our first set of models actually had dinner with one last night, which was the best because I hadn't seen her Mm -hmm. since February, 2020. But they were all good friends of mine or friends of friends who like mm-hmm. kind of just got roped in and were like, we'll do it. We will take some free bras to start and go from there. And so like when it, when we talk about like inclusivity for me, it's just been like, I feel like we've always tried to just make it into our brand DNA just from like working with real folks who have other jobs who, who aren't, I think just necessarily models with that being said, as we grow, I'm sure we'll get the chance to work with more beautiful models and it'll be so fun to be able to like, have that relationship as well. So I feel like it just honestly happens kind of organically from the get-go. But with that being said, I mean, like we still had a lot of work to do. The everyday bra only goes through size extra large. And so mm-hmm. that's why initially we only would show on the site models through XL. It was our first product for a really long time. And then the next bra, the mesh view bra, we launched through size three XL because of the construction of the bra. It uses two layers of uh, power mesh, like soft power yeah. mesh. And that really can help with like providing holes and like, and like, more support for those who have more volume with that being said like we still hear from folks who've like taken our size codes and been like I'm really frustrated like like you know you're like inclusive but like I'm a size 4xl or 5xl or 6xl and like you don't have what I want and honestly when I hear that I feel horribly because there's nothing worse than letting somebody down when they feel like they were excited and and yeah and like 
frustrated by an experience, but where we're at right now is it does take longer. And so what I've tried to do is especially with bras, do our best right now. We won't launch a style unless we've already done the testing up through 6XL. Mm -hmm. And so that's really important to our team. With that being said though, the larger sizes, what ends up happening is um, from a design perspective. So, and this is the way that our team does it. I'm not saying it's the right way. And again, like I'm always still learning. So if there are any other designers listening, like please DM if you have other like hot takes on this, I would literally love to hear and like always so open to feedback and thoughts on it. But the way that we've ended up doing it with our product developer is we'll work through size ranges and then we'll split our size range from like an extra small through six XL. We'll kind of cut it in half. And like within each one, we'll initially test those two sizes within each range. So let's say extra small through large and then one XL up through six XL. We'll take like a medium and a three XL or four XL size tester. They'll test, we'll try to get it as perfect as possible. And then this is where I think we do something that, I mean, I know it's more costly and certainly more time consuming than I think a lot of other brands do where we then like produce usually an entire size run. And then we get it on models to test wear Mm -hmm. and wash and live in and then provide more feedback. So that way we're like kind of trying to in the early stages of the design process edit the design for larger cup sizes so that we're making special adjustments. So like an an easy example of that would be like the band that runs below the chest, like it might look two inches in width on, on sizes that are smaller. And then it might need to be increased. The straps might need to be adjusted and and widened. We'll need like more um, coverage around the cups or things like that, where we're kind of just trying to always really thoughtfully adjust the design. But you know, like I, I think it's something where again, like with any style we launch, like there's always going to be room despite how many bodies we get it on until it's on even more bodies and we get more and more feedback. Like when we hear things that can be improved, like we immediately take that feedback to our product developer and we look at it again and like, we'll Mm -hmm. keep going through it. And that's actually been the best part with being able to work with our customers now is like, I've had customers who've been like, I was so like wanted the style to work. It didn't work. And like, we're in development with another style. I might think will work better for them than like I'll have their email details and be like awesome can you be a tester for us and then they'll like become a product tester and so like I love that because I feel like then they become a part of the process with us and like see the thought that goes on to like how we edit our designs Mm -hmm. yeah and I think like um I don't understand what it takes to design something but I know like my first like kind of brain is just like you know how you just make a picture larger you just kind of like stretch it Yeah. And you're like, well, it's easy. But one of my friends, um, Lucy Gerling, um, she lives in the UK and she is very vocal about how sizes need to be more inclusive and whatnot. And it's really made me think more about it. Like what brands am I supporting that don't do that? But then also how it's been great, but also how she's critical of like, hey, I ordered a certain size in this But like, look, it doesn't fit like this and it doesn't fit like this. And I'm like, oh, that's right. It's not just enough for a brand to go, now it's a 4XL. It's like, but what's the point if it's not an enjoyable product to wear? So I think that's so smart how you are. um, And you can tell from like the models and stuff, y'all are trying to make more sizes, but also how that's, it's, Honestly, it kind of pisses me off in a very different way. The idea of people being like, you know, whatever, I made a bigger size, but it's actually not effective at all, you know? And it doesn't fit the way it's supposed to, and it's not providing what the wearer needs. Yeah, because that's also so far from what we want as well. And I think that that's where since 
we don't work with like thicker foam and wire um, and adjusters right now where we've had to get really creative in like the edits we're making and thoughtful to make sure that it does work. Um, but yeah, no, I completely hear you. And I mean, honestly, it's so frustrating and it would make sense. Like I used to think that too. I actually, here's the crazy thing. I don't think I even thought about it, right? Like before I launched my best, like I don't think I actively thought about like when we take this white paint feature, whatever, right? Like a standard and like make it bigger. It's just going da, da, da. Like I, I kind of just like, I never even thought. And I remember as I'd be speaking with our manufacturers and on-site and learning, I'd be like, oh no, like so much more goes into these measurements and so much more like, or, and, and clearly should. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I think another thing that we talk a lot about behind the scenes as well is, is like, um, because especially the way that we're shaped, where we hold weight, where our breast tissue is, like the garments, it's figuring out a way where within each size we have, we're working with that are like stretchy enough to also provide leeway between sizes sometimes mm -hmm. because like that's the other thing I always say like about our bodies like they change like sometimes during the month you know like I know mm -hmm. all the times where I'm like my boobs feel a lot bigger and like that's different and I think like that's another thing when it comes to women's apparel and especially like intimates and undergarments where like having some flexibility between sizing can be nice as well Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's that perfect balance. Um, the, I'm sure that's the thing you're always chasing of like feeling support, but also, and like feeling like a nice support, but also not constrictive, you know, yeah. and yeah. stuff that can sustain the wash quite a bit. Cause I had a bralette I used to love, and then I don't know if I accidentally tried it or whatever. And then all of a sudden now it's like, tight like it cuts yeah. in and I only wear it if I need to like suck the girls in because it's like a yeah it, it's yeah. like if I want them yeah. strapped down I'll do that yeah. but it is yeah not comfy at all what's a what's something because you were talking about like no it's not just as much of expanding the image of a white t-shirt can you give some examples just because of like other details that y'all have come uh like you've had to learn as you've gone. Yeah, definitely. So I mean, one thing has a huge thing for us has always been like playing with the strap length because mm -hmm. for example, like this is actually a great example with bras, right? Just because something might be getting wider around the body doesn't mean that the person is getting like equally in ratio locked up taller, 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 right? Yeah. And like also, by the way, they could be five cents, they could be five one and they could be both extra small or both large, right? And yeah. so it's like being cognizant of like how that stretches the torso. Similarly, like with shoulder placement, um, like the size of the straps, because if somebody has like more breast tissue that they're carrying, we just want to be mindful of like not having those straps be too thin and feel like they're cutting into their shoulders. Like, mm -hmm. so therefore between smaller sizes and larger sizes, we might want to make sure that like when we start to get into um, extra large, 2XL through 6XL that like we are, with each grade up making them a little bit wider but that step between how much wider we make it might become more significant at the larger sizes than it would for example between an extra small and a medium yeah so that makes the grade yeah so that's I'd say an example of it and then like um we have for example like organic cotton muscle tea that's another good one where because of where people carry their weight like a t-shirt you want to make sure too that there's like going to be like extra fat 
fabric and volume available for a body to fill it out. And mm-hmm. like a body that fills it out in a size medium will be different than we actually size those like an extra small slash smaller, medium slash large, like a medium slash large will be different than like a four XL slash five XL. So like the steps that you take between that will also need to adjust. But that doesn't mean, for example, that like the neck hole is going to get like bigger, right? Yeah. Significantly larger. So things like that, where you're, you're kind of trying to just be so thoughtful with the measurements. And that's where I've been so fortunate that like I've learned and can definitely play a little bit within um, like design tech packs where we keep our measurements, but I'm very fortunate that I work with a wonderful product developer who has like years of experience because so much of it, there's a reason why like all throughout the fashion industry, there are like many, many roles dedicated to technical designers because um, it's just so important for getting these measurements right. So that ideally like the garment is the best that it can be. And then you can make tweaks, of course, once like it's been test worn, if there's a trend or feedback that you're hearing. Yeah, that's, uh, you were talking about trends. I'm working on costume designing a show in the early 60s. And that's like something I'm really wanting to get right is because like the pointy bra, like they were like, they were like, that's hot, you know? And so I very specifically am like, we, in like the underwear, like the older women are going to have different underwear than like the hot young girl. Cause she's gonna, she's going to be wearing a different kind of underwear. Cause she's going to be like hip and, and, uh, undergarments really have changed like so much. Um, you said you started with the everyday bra. I, cause I've only been following you for the past few months, where did you go from the everyday bra? And like, I'm gonna, the muscle tee is like the next thing in my shopping cart. I'm wanting to get, I'm like, I like love a classic white shirt. Um, how it, how have it, how has it been growing? So, yeah, I mean, I think honestly for me, I always like when I listen to podcasts and I feel like I hear business owners so organized about their product pipeline, about everything and like doing all the legwork. I'm like, Oh my God, that is amazing. And that was not me. Like, I wish I was that person. And if I could do it all over, maybe if, or if I ever did in the future for a different business, I would be more on it. But um, all that to say, if you're listening to this and that resonates too, like it's okay. Yeah. Um, because I really think for me, I was so just focused on our initial style and getting the business off the ground that like, I hadn't even, I had some semblance of an idea of like styles or concepts that I wish we could do, but like so far in the back of my mind, cause just like the nitty gritty of like fulfilling orders and kind of keeping the business running was time consuming enough. But of course you have one style and then you're like people who purchase it are like, that's great. What's next? And so that's really where I feel like I always have had this like great dialogue with our customers. And a big part of that was like I had mentioned from like working in consumer insights and magazines, I was so used to constantly doing surveys. And so I would just like talk with any customer set of interviews and just start kind of pulling them on what they wanted. So to kind of walk you through the styles that we've made since then, since we still have a pretty limited collection. Um, once we launched the everyday bra, like I did not realize how many people would want matching briefs. And so we then launched the everyday brief, which matches mm-hmm. our everyday bra. They both have like that modern minimal lace. They're really comfortable and like a really beautiful set you can wear daily. Um, but then with the bra, it was so interesting getting feedback from folks who were like, I really like this. I wish you would create, create a version that maybe just had like a little bit more smoothing or support for me. Mm-hmm. And like, was sportier and so I feel like that's where the mesh you bra was born and like I love the scoop shape and I know actually from like when I work out I used to love finding kind of like hybrid con spandex workout bras that had Mm -hmm. that scoop shape and so from there working with um 
our like pattern maker, we were able to like look through and be like, okay, what happens if we take two mesh layers and like cut them in this way and kind of cross like the stretch. So it's going in opposite directions and really creates this like hugging sensation around the body. And so Mm -hmm. that was exciting about the mesh view bra. And also from like hearing from folks about the everyday bra, we know that for some people, depending on like, again, what their shape is, like having any type of just thinner elastic could feel like it could rub or be bothersome or cut in. And so we wanted to create a design that had like no elastic trim. So it's literally the mesh view bra is just made out of two layers of mesh, like itself. Mm -hmm. That's it. There's nothing else. And so um, that I feel like helped fulfill that need. And then from there, we made, um, at an event, like I was chatting with a customer and she was just like, I love the everyday bra, but I love the shape of the mesh you bra. Like, could you just make the mesh you bra, but with lace? And so then like the lacy bra was born, which like looks a lot like the mesh you, but it's just two layers of lace. Mm-hmm. And when we talk about the sustainability piece, like that bra is so special to me as well, because from years of working with our lace supplier, I would ask them like, Hey, can we, yeah, some recycled lace they look at me with like you know like like what are you why do you keep asking this like get out of here recycled lace like what are you talking about and then like um I was really fortunate that like in the time since we launched the business to like developing that style we've been able to now start investing like they've been working with mills who can like recycle fibers and like reuse them in lace which is great and so now we're able to like invest in lace that um is it just made of virgin materials? So that's really cool about the lace you brought. Um, and over time will be all of our lace products will be like the same recycled lace, which I think is so exciting. And then for from there, I mean, again, like we would just always send out customer surveys where we'd pull like, what do you want to see in your top drawer from a snacks for like any design items you wish that we would make. And like a big thing we'd always hear is like loungewear, cotton pieces. And so that's how the organic cotton like collection we call it with board which is just this really boxy muscle tee and um, a pair of boxer briefs and again for me it was just like I always would end up cutting the sleeves off my shirt and I love having mm-hmm. kind of like a stru- a little structural mm-hmm. shoulder but not like an 80 shoulder pad and like I love sleeping in them lounging in them throwing them on with jeans working out on them like they're just my favorite tees and so it was definitely a wish list item and um Similarly, having a pair of like comfy boxer briefs to sleep in was just something Mm -hmm. that was like exciting and fun to create based on feedback we received. Um, But that collection as well, like when we launched it, we were sourcing got certified organic cotton from India. Um, And during the pandemic, sourcing got a lot harder. And I've always wanted to find a US made organic cotton grower who we could work with where we could order it and have it milled. And so now I'm so excited because we're actually in the process of milling our cotton in Massachusetts just like not even under an hour away from where it'll be manufactured so like fully getting the footprint of those products entirely U.S. made as well which is really Mm -hmm. cool um so yeah that's kind of like the product journey um then we just recently launched for waitlist a high-waisted song because we heard a lot of song requests and a lot of high-waisted song requests and so we wanted to you know, make sure that our customers feel heard. And I'm a major thong wearer. And so for me, I was like, let's do it. But because of that, it took like over a year to develop because we went through just a lot of thong samples. Yeah. I was just say, I, I feel like thongs, it's either like really comfy and you're like this, I'm amazing. Or, or it's like, this is awful. And within an hour I've before like got into a bathroom and I'm like, we're just going we're just going free because this sucks. Like I can't. Yeah. 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 I think one thing like 
from like looking at y'all's Instagram, it very much feels like your models and stuff feel sexy as in they feel sexy. And it's very much like, oh, that's the cool, like that's your cool friend, you know? And it's not like, uh, you know, like the Victoria's Secret. And I think people are surprised about what make women feel sexy. Yeah. I, I think like the muscle tee with like the cotton shorts for me, like feels like I would feel like really good, like really hot in that. But I feel like a lot of people think what make women feel sexy is very different than what is. And I think, I I mean, I, you can so tell that you and um, your, is it your business partner? Cause there are only like two employees with the company. Yeah, we're very, very small. Um, And it's, Renee, we're not business partners, but um, she and I actually used to work together previously. And Uh we'd always say it would be like a dream to work together again. And so I wasn't in a position initially when I was getting the business off the ground for the first two years to bring anybody on in like a more like full-time, almost full-time capacity. And so right now, um, Renee is on as a part-time team member since like she was in between roles and it was kind of like just, yeah, meant to be. And so um, she is like, so wonderful and has been running with like our brand and social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel incredibly grateful to have her because when you're kind of in the trenches alone, you start to feel a little crazy. And that's also why it's so nice to talk with you. Cause I feel like anyone I could like talk to about it. I'd be like, let me talk to you about underwearage or like, you know, I mean, I'm very fortunate. I have like a loving supportive partner who's probably he hears about underwear like honestly I feel like this can be such an obnoxious expression 24 7 because I'm a big proponent of sleep but like yeah. I would literally talk about it all of the time and it's very healthy now having Renee on board with me yeah <laughs> yeah it because it's kind of like I'm not crazy am I and then the it, like because just listening the fact that like just some perspective and it's one of my favorite things about the podcast is some people are like oh like talking to me they're like this was really hard. <laughs> I've come a long way. And I'm like, yes, yeah. yes, you have. <laughs> um, but just like, just hearing that this has all been three years and half of it has been in pandemic is just amazing because you've had to learn at, like almost every single skill pretty much you know, um, and it sounds like you're a smart person, which good for you, but that doesn't mean oh, that I it, always use Google, like yeah. you can Google anything. You can figure it out. I always tell people that when I talk to them, I'm like, it's just time and Google and yeah. like energy. But I, I feel like it's, I, I think so much of it is just almost like obsessive. I, I'm, I have like OCD thinking in that, like, I'll just repeat a thought over and over and over And then eventually I can make it into a real thing, but it takes a lot of, it just sounds like the fact that you had been trying on bras in New York for X amount of years. And that thought of like, surely, surely there's a bra. And then there wasn't, I mean, that's very Mary Kate and Ashley, how they started their brand was they were like, we need the perfect white t-shirt. And then they launched whatever, which is so funny because their whole line, everything is so extra. And they're like, we're here for simple basics. <laughs> I'm like, well, y'all are insane. <laughs> so those are y'all's basics. Um, very cool stuff though. Um, but yeah, it makes so much sense that so much thought has been going towards that for a very long time. 
you know, you, you have without meaning to had been creating, it sounds like under bears for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And also thank you for saying that. I feel like it's true. And now I, I know what you mean too, when you interview somebody and then they're like, wait, I guess. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes I do feel like that where I've almost probably under birth has been in my head now, even though we're only technically three and a half years old. Like it's been a dream and like a brainstorm at lunch with like, I used to work, um, like our offices are right next to one another in New York city, like one of my best, best guy friends from high school. And we would have lunch and I'd be like, okay, let me tell you now about the bra idea. And like, God love this guy. He'd be so amazing. Sit with me. And like, I always like, these are the people where I think like, you know, touch wood. I'm very like superstitious. Um, if we're fortunate enough to have the business girl where I'm like, I hope I can work with these people again, or like these people mm-hmm. who from the early days would listen to me and, and encourage me and like nerd out. And especially like, I always call them our man ambassadors. A lot of the guys along the way who've been like so wonderful. Like when we launched the mm-hmm. business, I have best friends who'd sit with me, like helping inspect. We'd have like glove, you know, like completely sterile apartment inspect bras and tag them and like just be able to like help me get off the ground those first few months. So yeah, it definitely feels like it's been in the works for so long. And so it's exciting now to see Mm -hmm. where we're at. But yeah, I actually haven't thought about it that way that like half of our business has now taken place during a pandemic. So I haven't. And it's been, yeah, yeah. It's been kind of crazy now that I think about it. But um having being a now like essentially two woman team has definitely made a huge difference. And so I also think for people and I've always never been somebody who thought like, oh, I'll always do it alone. It was just based on like the ability to have somebody on board in a more consistent manner. And I think that like that is one of the most beautiful things is like having being able to like brainstorm and collaborate and just like have somebody share the vision with you who's just as excited about it and so that's been so rewarding I I love the term ambassador because I also just I think so much of being a woman is even if the guy is like whoa that takes a lot of work to get the bra to fit right and then you're like thank you like you've probably made them better partners and better boyfriends Yeah. So much of them to just, they, they just, they're like, is a bra. And you're like, no, it's so much more than that. Literally. But then it's also funny because I feel like I have like guy friends and especially my husband who like could be at events and be like, I think you want to try, like they'll be talking and it's like maybe a large or you can try size down to a medium. And I'm like, okay, now that's the business. Like we can't, we can't give this like advice, but it's so funny because for so long, like he'd be helping me set up like hanging racks and then like Irish exiting but like from overhearing so many of the conversations I feel like I'm like yes you could be like a fit expert like yes dude you know and like now you see how much women deal with and like all the thought that goes into these products but yeah it's so funny I love that can so can I ask because I know you did touch wood but also it definitely like I was scrolling through y'all's Instagram before we jumped on is like y'all are still asking questions of like what do you want to see next what do you want to see next what are you hoping for um, um, with under bears? Well, yeah, I love, so we love playing this game. We call it hashtag what you want with like mm-hmm. a capital U. And so that is, I feel like where we're always asking. And I think we try to now, we're trying to get on, um, make it the habit of doing it more monthly. But um, yeah, I mean, I think for what's next, I still always feel the need to be super intentional 
um, with what we're putting out in the world because I think when I look at like the fashion and the fast fashion landscape it's like I think starting that right balance of like creating things that truly feel like essential luxuries but then also feeling like responsible for every step of the process from like the sourcing like we talked about and where it's made and how it's made but down to like we spent a lot of time this past spring looking at like getting our recycling program set up and like figuring that out with our customers and talking through like when things don't work, but like can't be, you know, that are still in good quality, but can't be resold, like coming up with a system for cleaning them and donating them to a charity partner. So, I mean, like for me, that's also important. And I guess all just saying, like, when I look at the number of our products, I think it's still just being really thoughtful with like the collections that we're putting out into the world. I also think just like trying the best we can too, to make them as appealing as we can to like any gender so that like, mm -hmm. we don't feel like we're pigeonholing ourselves um, in, yeah, just whoever wants to feel comfy and good in underbears, like come on over. And like, that mm -hmm. is what we are here for is like, and I think for me, that's really where our mission has just like fully evolved to. And it sounds so cheesy, but it is like, and I hope this comes across on our social media. We talk about this like incessantly, which is like creating this comfier, kinder corner of the world. And so for mm -hmm. us, like, there's just no space for, there's always space for like constructive dialogue, but no space I feel like for like bashing. And I just think sometimes the internet can be like a very unkind place and like, that's not a space we want to create. And so that's why I do want when people come to our site to feel safe and feel good and like feel seen. Um, yeah. And from a product perspective, I mean, we have some fun things in the pipeline. I, I think like coming out of the pandemic and becoming like obsessed with wearing loungewear I've become mm -hmm. like also very particular and like what I think that could look like and should look like and like the sourcing behind that and how we can put an underbear stamp on it and still be really intentional about it and so that's important um and then also just being more thoughtful about our bra design so that like we are making sure that those who have larger cup sizes are seeing product in the mix that they know like love that style but like I'm only gonna sleep in that but I want to wear underbears out and I need this level of support that like we're providing them with a product that is doing that and so it's definitely all in the works but I feel like for us it's um yeah I mean I can't like you know we're already like at the holidays on here and so I'm like I can't believe like and beyond I'm like oh gosh um so that and then I think in regards to just being more out in the world like another really important thing is I miss being doing events and being in in person and so we've been thinking a lot about like what does it look having um retail space whether it be in new york or dc and in a concept store or um working with like a retail partner right now like how could we execute on that and i think just the experience of like of shopping and trying things on and especially mm -hmm. for undergarments like bras it can make a big difference for mm -hmm. somebody to be able to try it on so wanting to make that as seamless as possible too yeah yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's so smart that you are like, you still have like one foot in the present. Like we want to make the bras we already have more inclusive and like keeping up with the quality of what y'all already have. Because honestly, for three years, y'all, I feel like y'all have a lot of product um, because I mean, honestly, you probably get this comparison or reference a lot, but how Glossier started where she was like, what do you want? And then it was boy brow and it was just boy brow, yeah. you know, and then she like, and it's still like one of their best selling products, you know? Yeah. And then yeah. she slowly was like, I'm going to put my stamp approval on this and on this. And then when every new item is released, 
um, cause I use a lot of their products. It's like exciting. You're like, oh, they have a toner, you know, know. and it, yeah. it, it's, it's like an event and then you want the toner and it's very much like you gotta, you gotta catch them all. Um, but no, I think that's really smart, honestly, because I know a lot of people think like y'all can just keep slapping under bears logo on, you know, whatever. But I think people trust y'all, you know, and so it's maintaining that trust while still thinking forward, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that like, like I love talking to our customers about the behind the scenes as well because I'm like I Mm -hmm. wish like there was a way to do this faster but guys like this is like you know like this isn't like fast fashion like it takes time and like we're trying to be perfectionists so until we're utterly obsessed like it's not going out into the world and so I feel like yeah yeah it's definitely been like a slow and steady kind of wins the race (laughs) approach um here but thank you so much for that feedback and I definitely feel like yeah, watching the way Glock Day has done it is a great model, right? And like mm-hmm. seeing what people are obsessed with and going from there and just asking, like, what do you actually want to see or like also see us make? And it's been so interesting, some of the things we've heard and also things that like I haven't thought of and been like, okay, like I didn't know you'd want to see that from us, but like heard, you know, like, mm-hmm. and also how often, like as you start looking at um, and like, you know, like we just like nerd out over these replies, we'll be like, oh, wait, wow, that's like, you know, 20th person for this thing that we didn't think somebody would want under bears to make, but okay. And so that's yeah. been really interesting. Yeah. I was looking through and one person was like, I want a dress. And I was like, yeah, you know, I love a cotton slip over your head. That's what I've been mostly wearing this summer. Cause I'm super duper lazy. Um, so can I ask one question? I, cause I don't want to take up your whole afternoon. You've generously volunteered. Um, what is, so during some discouraging times, because being a creative, being a business owner, there are so many roadblocks that happen that you're like, is, have I reached kind of like my in, what have been certain precautions you've placed just for yourself, just for your own emotional health that you've used to kind of refuel yourself so you can keep moving forward after discouragement? That's such a great question. And honestly, I feel like it's so interesting because I also just like think of like my own personal development since like I launched Under Bears, I was 26 years old and like now Mm -hmm. I'm 30. And like, I just think about where that 26 year old Genevieve versus me now. And like, I always say like, thank God I launched when I did, when like, I really did like one night, for example, I like remember there was a whole stretch where like I would just literally, and I'm, this is not one of those like, the fish gets bigger every time I tell the story. Like I literally stayed up all night, fulfilling orders, did not go to sleep. I remember wait, like, you know, my now husband and boyfriend the next morning being like, did you sleep at all? And I was like, nope, because these people like invested in my brand and like they, like they deserve their product. Cause we were like back ordered. It was a huge headache. Um, yeah. PSA, like just do pre-order campaigns very carefully, everybody. But, um, <laughs> other than that, um, I think really it's like in those moments, I definitely would like let the emotional side get the best of me and I still do I'm somebody where I always laugh and say like I really feel my feelings and like I think that that's totally fine and I think it's like trying to figure out how to sit with them and there's times where it you can like channel it and work and it can be productive and then there's times where you actually like no you need to go for a walk you need to get a good night's sleep and I think that as I have like gotten older and the business has grown I've noticed like 
the Genevieve who comes to the table and has like actually gotten fresh air and sleep is much better at her job and like the thought process that goes behind it. And I think for me, um, to answer what you were saying, I think like when things get hard, kind of like what I, what I tell myself to get through, I mean, I think at the beginning, I would always say like, you know, there was just no out, like this was the clear path. And now when there are hard times too, I just like look back and think like what I've accomplished in my twenties and try to remove or really isolate exactly what I'm scared of and then like remove that fear however I can. And sometimes I can't. And sometimes it's more just being really realistic with yourself. And I always laugh, like my, actually I'm like still really blessed that like my mom will do this exercise with me sometimes where like she'll even say like what's the worst case scenario and like we'll go through like what is the worst case scenario and sometimes when you just verbalize it you're like okay wow that would really suck but like Mm -hmm. the world will keep spinning and like it'll be okay and I think as long as like I'm not letting down our small team and our customers and doing the best I can like that's what's important to me but look it also doesn't mean like you have hard days and that you also are kind of like this all coming to light. I mean, I think sometimes like people make entrepreneurship to be this really sexy thing. Like you're an entrepreneur, like similarly, like how I shy away from the word designer. I shy away from like the word entrepreneur. Like these are just like, not like labels that I feel comfortable titling myself with. Mm-hmm. I just think like I'm Genevieve. I show work. I do what I, what I love to do right now. And by the way, I love it. But like, sometimes I don't like, that. like, sometimes I'm like, you know what, this just isn't working. The sample isn't working. I'm frustrated. Like, and I think that's it too. Like work is work. There's a reason it's called a job, you know, like, mm-hmm. but it's fulfilling. And I think like, it's, it's trying to always be glass half full, but I found definitely as I've gotten older, it's like that feeling of being able to glamorize, like being exhausted and overworked is not a culture that like I am down with at mm-hmm. Underbearers. It's like, we're going to work really smart and hard but like take time mm-hmm. like, making sure that we're taking care of ourselves so, so yeah what I want to model and like how I've tried to approach things I find it like yeah, makes me a much better person which is also why I was like the old me would have never taken this call sitting on my bed but I was like you know what she said padding I feel like Rebecca she'll be good <laughs> like yeah no exactly it's a Friday <laughs> yeah it's a Friday I'm tired <laughs> um But yeah, I really appreciate um, you sitting down and talking with me. And I think this is kind of the next generation of entrepreneurs or even just like employees is that I do have like so many things, just little things I run around and do. And there often are because at the beginning of the episode, before I talk to my guest, I, um, I record a little like intro of like, hey, guys this is what I think might happen. And often I also go like, I'm really exhausted or tired. And because I often am, but it is something that like, I'm not proud of it, but it's just like right now, today happens to be a a hard day. And that is okay because I am present and I am here now, you know? Exactly. And like, by the way, like I'm human. Like we're all you know, and like we all like are like, I just have stuff. And like, it's just, mm. yeah, sometimes it just catches up and you just need to be like honest and real about it. And I think that it's just refreshing, you know, like I am very feel like it's the conversation being able to even like you and I talk about it. It just feels mm-hmm. so refreshing to be able to just like chat with people about it. And actually sometimes, sorry to take us off on a tangent, but I do think that oh that's God. been in a weird way, something really hasn't to use words silver linings in relation to anything relating to the pandemic but one encouraging maybe thing to come out of it in work culture I think has people just like being a little more understanding of like people's like situations like I think like 
a lot of times, like I've had folks who before wouldn't say like, Hey, I have X personal thing going on and they don't get too intimate with it, but are just like, Hey, I'm dealing with a family matter. Like got to push this. Whereas before it would have just been like, can't make it or like, and I think like there would have been like sometimes impulse reactions, like be frustrated. Whereas now I think people have been like, take the time you need, like, you know, so sorry. And like, it's just like this kind of more respect around like the balls that we are all juggling as we like move through this time. And so I think that that is something that has encouraged me at least I see and like partners and vendors that I work with. Um, and yeah, that I hope is like a trend in a healthy direction for, for us all. Yeah, I think we're getting there. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. But we are. Um, Genevieve, thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. And I I had such a, I, every episode, I'm like, oh my gosh, I learned so much. Um, and so, uh, yes, you did a great job also. I have to, thank you so much. I have to be honest. I was like, it's Friday. Am I going to come through for her? I don't want to be like a boring guest. So thank you so much for having me. This has been such a pleasure. And again, like really appreciate you taking time out of your day um, to think of me. So thank yeah, you. I love it. Well, I hope you have a lovely Friday. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye. bye.